It is Friday, the 17th day of September, and yeah, I'm a day late with this shit, but uh, no one listens anyway, so it doesn't really matter, does it? No. I went to see the Black Crows uh, Wednesday night, so I wasn't able to record. Uh, my deepest apologies. Uh, the Black Crows, another band ripping off black musicians to, to make money, well, not entirely accurate, but somewhat accurate. So what can you do? Uh, it was a good show, but holy fucking shit, was it loud. It was really loud. Uh, unnecessarily loud. I've been to a lot of shows and a lot of loud, loud shows. But mostly they're, you know, weird metal bands and shoebox venues. This one was uh, outdoors in a half-full Great Woods slash Tweeter Center. And by the time the show was done, my fucking tinnitus was banging. Banging. It was awful. Uh, speaking of music, I've got another uh, guest this week. As I'm joined by uh, one member of the Complaints and Observations pseudo house band, The Quiet Violent, uh, Mr. Donnie Washburn. I am pumped to have Donnie on the show. Uh, we talk about uh, the Boston music scene, music in general, uh, fake band names, real band names, and uh, if he has any regrets in providing music to such a shit operation such as this. All that and more on episode number 90, the big 9-0, the Mass Pike episode, yeah, U.S. Interstate 90, exciting, right? Uh, woefully few local athletes worth their salt wore number 90 during their time. And in fact, the Red Sox have never had someone wear the number, which I found kind of odd. You think a young guy would ask for that number? Just to be like, yeah, I'm the first person in the storied history of this franchise to wear the number 90. Like I was a defensive lineman or a hockey player. At any rate, yeah, Mass, the Mass Pike. Interstate 90. It's a road... And part of a longer road that goes clear across the country. I'm pretty sure I've talked about it in the past for some weird reason. I don't know. But it goes from Logan Airport all the way clear across the wonderful United States. And ends uh, in a neighborhood in Seattle locally known as Sodo. S-O-D-O. Meaning south of the dome which was referring to the kingdom, which was a, uh, a shitty baseball slash football stadium that was essentially uh, a concrete playing surface with a thin layer of, of astroturf over it. Uh, but that dump was demolished in 2000. They still call it Sodo, but they've changed the meaning, and now it's south of downtown. It's fascinating, isn't it? This is why you listen to the program, to learn something. I don't want to call it new, but something. Yay. Anyways, that's all right here, right now on Complaints and Observations. Complaints and Observations.
Still, the most less than average podcast on the internet. With a host who's the smartest person in the room when he's the only one there. A continuing odyssey into mediocrity. Guaranteed to make you question your life choices and your own sanity. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? All right, welcome into the program. How you doing? I'm well, thanks for asking. I appreciate it. Um, I would be quite remiss if I didn't begin the program by uh, acknowledging uh, the sudden, well, I don't know about sudden, but um, the passing of one Norm MacDonald. If you do not like Norm MacDonald, I suggest that you um, stop listening to or watching any sort of stand-up comedy ever again because uh, he was one of the best. Uh, he will he will be missed for sure. Um, I'm still really blown away by pretty much everything that I've read about the man and, you know, how genuine and nice and uh, just a kind person that he was, you know, away from the stage and whatnot. So uh, tough loss for anybody who enjoys laughing, really. At least that's what I think. So, um, cheers to Norm. Thank you so much. Greatly appreciated. Uh, we have hundreds and hundreds of hours of uh, his material. And uh, so, looking forward to falling into a rabbit hole again, watching his stuff. So, uh, yeah. <clears throat> um, secondly, and uh, not nearly as important, really, but. Big day for West Ham today. Uh, as I'm recording this on Thursday, we uh, our first real um, journey into Europe for European football, and we fucking crushed. I love saying we when it comes to to, to soccer. I don't know why I enjoy it so much, but it, I don't know. I feel like I'm part of I don't know some kind of secret group. Which I'm really not. <laughs> uh, big 2-0 away win at Dinamo Zagreb. Uh, an absolute fucking smashing. Uh, we're winning Europa. We're massive. Moving on. A um, lot of things this week. As I mentioned at the beginning of the program, uh, I'm going to be joined um, by my my... Uh, dear friend Donnie Washburn, who is one third of the Quiet Violent, uh, that wonderful intro music that you hear at the beginning of every episode, uh, that comes from that band. I still don't believe it. I really don't. But, um, you know, we talk about that. So stick around, listen to that. It's a good conversation. We talk about a bunch of shit. Um, you know, how we got into music. We talk about the band. We talk about the local scene. Um, I talk about fake band names, regular band names. I 
regular band names? What the fuck is that? Real band names? Well, not even real band names because the band I was in was kind of real, but not real per se. I don't know. So the some of the biggest stories this week, okay? <clears throat> and I hate this part of the program where I just like regurgitate the fucking news, but I don't know. So what what else can you fucking talk about? When you don't have a when you don't have a podcast niche, this is what you do. You just read the fucking news like you're you know, a fucking robot. Robot. <laughs> R-O-B-U-T, robot. Uh, Nicki Minaj on Twitter. Like, I I like Nicki Minaj. I find her entertaining. I also find her to be infuriating because the shit that she tweeted the other day about her cousin's friend in Trinidad uh, getting the vaccine, and then suddenly his fucking balls swelled up to the size of grapefruits. Uh, I added that last part, but then apparently he was impotent. It's like, if you fucking told that girl that the sky was green, is she going to run around tweeting that the sky is green? I don't understand. I, it's just that, you know, you have... it. It Okay, here's the thing. People that are immensely talented have... It's almost as if they're like every sort of, uh, I don't know, brain cells, brain cell, every sort of, ah, fuck, every brain cell is dedicated to that talent and less brain activity is dedicated to, I don't know, normal thinking. So here you have Nicki Minaj with 118 million Twitter followers. You know, saying, do your research. My cousin's friend uh, got swollen nuts. What the fuck are you doing? So now, now, this is the problem. It was funny. And a lot of shit that came after it, very funny. But the problem is you have, now you have, uh, you know, resources in, in Trinidad. You have resources here that have to fucking spend the time and effort to come out and say, hey, listen, the vaccine doesn't make your fucking balls swell. Uh, your cousin's friend was fucking around and got an STD. And it just so happened that he got the vaccine at the same time, allegedly. And Jimmy Kimmel the other night's like, oh, I'd really love to fucking talk to this guy. And then she's then she says back to him via Twitter again, oh, uh, he'll talk, but it'll cost you money. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Just stop. Just quit while you're ahead. You know? Come back and say, ah, he fucking lied about the whole thing because he, you know, uh, he didn't want to tell his fiance that he was fucking around and got an STD. What are you doing? You can't do that. It's, it's just not... It's not smart at all. Funny as fuck, but not smart. At all. Um, so yeah, that was, that was at the top of my list, a handful of other things that I wanted to talk about before I get to Donnie. I was going to talk about 9-11 and then the, you know, the, the 20th year anniversary of 9-11, which we need another word for bad things and, and not using anniversary 
to describe, you know, that, that event. I don't know. There has to be a, there has to be another word because anniversary is a, is a fun, happy thing. And when you tie it, when something bad happens and then 20 years down the road, oh, it's the anniversary. No, yeah, come up with something else. It's got to, I don't know. I'm, I'm not the guy to fucking talk about that. But the thing that kills me is you see a bunch of people in companies, specifically on social media, uh, you know, posting shit. You know, never forget. But then the next tweet or the next post is like, oh, buy our dick cream or whatever they're fucking shilling. I don't know. It's almost as if they, you know, promptly back to pitching their brand after saying never forget. And it's, and if people forget, they're probably a selfish, clueless moron. But, you know, then the other thing is like, oh, I remember where I was. Okay, well, in, unless you were there in any of the, you know, the places that in, in, and where this actually took place. Who the fuck cares where you were and what you were doing? I was a sophomore in high school, sitting in my biology class, when all of a sudden, uh, there was an announcement. Okay, yeah, like, you and 99.8% of the fucking country. It's not important. No one cares. No one cares. It has nothing to do with anything. Other than you wanting to insert yourself somehow, for some weird reason... Into people remembering about one of the worst days we've ever had as a country. Well, what? Why? For what? Say that you're, you know, it was a sad day. It sucked. I don't need to know where you were, how old you were, what you were doing. I don't need to know any of that. In fact, nobody needs to know any of that. It is completely fucking useless information. Stop doing it. Nobody cares. Seriously, I assure you, nobody fucking cares. There was a, a Hunter Thompson quote that I wanted to include, um, but I've gone and not included it in my show notes. So do yourself a favor and look up Hunter Thompson's quote on September 12th. I'm sure it's interesting. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, what else? handful of other things. Um, so what I'll do is I will turn it over to Donnie. Uh, this is Donnie Washburn of The Quiet Violent. I'm, like I said, I'm uh, super excited to have him on the show. Uh, so listen, um, stick around. You'll enjoy this conversation, I promise. That is a guarantee, just like the show's old guarantee, one laugh per episode. It kind of still holds, but not really. But I guarantee you like this, so stick around. Donnie Washburn of The Quiet Violent. I am absolutely thrilled to welcome my guest this week. Uh, he is one-third of uh, the band that, for some weird-ass reason, decided that they wanted to, uh, to be part of the show. Uh, the Quiet Violent, uh, and just a generally good guy who uh, saved my ass far too many times that I could count during our uh, collective time over at Four Copley Place. Uh, I hope the other two listeners of my show will warmly welcome the one and only Mr. Donnie Washburn. Donnie, 
Thank you so much for agreeing to be part of my nonsense. So how are you, pal? Good to see you. You too, man. Beard's looking great. Well, yeah, it's looking white. I'm getting uh, terribly old real so fast. It's full. Full That's true. is, is what it's yeah. I am what, uh, I don't know if you follow that Friday Beers account. I kind of just realized I am sick beard, dude. That's one of the characters <laughs> that they had just made. So I was like, all right, I guess I got to embrace this one because I do it all the time. <laughs> um, how's the new gig? The new gig's been good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy because it's like a lot of familiar territory mm. to me. And like, I know what to do. Like, yeah when something comes my way, but then like, I realized like there's, um, you know, so many miles to get there when it was like mm. a few short steps, uh, before. Oh. So that's, uh, that's been interesting and it's been, it's been cool to kind of try to, to figure out how, how to build it and like kind of build mm. something on my own, which, you know, is, is kind of, I know if, when you get into the, the depths of it, it can get a little uh, boring when you're talking about logistics. But I, uh, you know, you know me, I, I was always fascinated by that shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's good. I'm glad. Um, you know, I, I don't think that the uh, the previous employer valued you as much as they should have. But uh, that is an entirely biased opinion on my part. Well, I, I think there's, uh, there's something that we can agree on is that, uh, is that the people uh, there is what uh what make it the most fulfilling i uh, came across a lot of people who were um you know very grateful for uh everything that i was uh was doing work and just getting to work along some awesome people too there yeah. there's yeah. you know good people that grab a beer with after work and mm-hmm. you know uh hang out with just as human beings so it was always uh something i'm gonna definitely miss about it but you know this this is this has been so fun um you know smaller company so uh, mm. i don't know i guess i can plug it uh Go ahead. expert plug away. yeah um yeah it's 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 you know it's crazy because like there's like 10 people who are i'm employee number 10 oh and, wow. uh, really yeah exactly so like yeah it's it's cool because like i I, rather than having to go like when you're at a bigger company having to go through a million different people just to get to the the end goal where you just got to kind of talk to the person who runs that department yeah (laughs) and that's like they're just a slack away so that's been that's been really fun about it and like just working with a bunch of people who i don't know it's just everyone thinks differently so you get that versatility and um you know makes things exciting for sure so i i'm i've been i've been thrilled so far and it's only been uh it's only it's only week three so that's fun so what i was hoping to do was uh talk about obviously uh the band definitely want to talk about that your thoughts on the the local music scene boston music scene and and sort of you know i've been woefully disconnected with it for a very long time and so getting a different point of view someone that is uh in it somewhat um i I would love to hear your thoughts pre-covid post-covid and uh and and whatnot and then anything else that you want to fucking talk about donnie i don't really care Uh, because oh yeah i I love the you're one of you're you're one of my three listeners so the other two people will be enthralled by everything that we talk about today oh fuck yeah so that makes it a little less uh less stressful now i'm not in a crazy (laughs) audience (laughs) you never know maybe once people hear your name who knows things may change they find this in the archives that'd be amazing 
I seem to do very well with the uh, with the former Wayfair crew. Like that, uh, you know, anytime a, a Wayfarian, if you will, is on the show, I, I actually get people to listen. Which is maybe it's because people are, you know, they, there's that connection. But I, I don't know. We'll see. Well, I, so, I noticed you were doing some connection tricks, but we can get into uh, to all those things. Let's uh, let's give it a rip. Um, yeah. Well, it's the, just the band in general. So that's been going great. Um, you know, we've been making a lot of new music. We actually mm-hmm. um, just finished recording the music for about five songs. So just got the oh, recording nice. done part, uh, just like the in- instruments done mm-hmm. um but there's still lyrics to go i know that's where we're at but um that's always fun just written recording um and then that's that's been like the the main that happened the other day um i guess last week now that i think about it but um it's been a lot of fun just uh getting together with the guys and uh you know you know throwing together your ideas and uh you know seeing what works what doesn't just being able to try it in front of people i mean it, it's hard because um, I just moved out to East Boston where um, the guys are over at, over in Brighton. So, mm-hmm. you know, they'll send me files and I'll practice on top of that and feel out, you know, different, you know, ways we can keep the base, but also trying to keep within the rules of what we're trying to do. And I should say, I think uh, I had the unwritten rule is just keep it simple, especially when it comes to my instrument and the bass. Um, mm. So that's been a uh, you know, it, it makes it a little bit easier knowing that you have to, you don't have to do anything complex. Uh, you just need to make it sound good and sound right. Um, so that's, that's a, really what I'm, good and I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot from it too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it makes it, you know, I always look at like, you know, other big or a- anyone in their respective instrument, the way they're able to like, kind of, um, you know, take almost be the center of the band. I think like this is a totally different band than what we are, but they think the chili peppers and like flea, everyone kind of rides around flea for the most part. Yeah, of part. course. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's like where, where everything inter- intertwines. So, you know, when I think about, you know, my own instrument, what I want to be, I didn't want, like, I started by thinking, oh, I need to like, you know, really make this, you know, have a lot to it. And that's just, that's, that doesn't work. Um, mm. So I think I learned that very quickly, especially uh, in the, the pop punk genre that we're, that we're going for. There you go. There you go. Um, how long, how long has the band uh, been together? I mean, obviously you and your brother have been probably been playing forever, but this current iteration of the band, how long has that been a thing? So the, the, the current iteration I would say is probably about just under a year when oh, our okay. guitar player, um, Brian had mm-hmm. joined. Um, we were always under, we were always operating as a, a trio Um but we had a drummer uh, beforehand um, when, when he had left uh, Bobby, my brother had stepped in on mm. uh, the drumming duties and then Brian came in and played guitar. And that's what it's been currently um, currently been rolling with, which has been, which has been great. Brian's an incredible guitar player and he's a really good writer too. He writes awesome riffs um, and he's taught me a good amount too, just playing guitar in general. Um, sure. But that's been, you know, it's been really cool to see him um, or just to see him go through his process and, mm-hmm. um, you know, see he has his own like style, almost like an identity to it. So it's it's really, you know, taking the band um, and helping us move uh, forward much quicker than, you know, than I would have even thought we could. So, I mean, obviously, I was really hoping to have uh, Bob a part of the show at some point, but apparently Bob is way too good for the show. Um, 
but you know, it is what it is. What can you do? I don't, I can't really say I blame him, Donnie, but what, what can you do? Um, well, the, the, so, I think I will, this is, this is what happens is like, we keep getting more, more, uh, more great listeners. That's what it's oh, happening. Yeah. And then all of a sudden <laughs> he feels inclined. He's like, oh shit, I really got, this is legit. Yeah. Well, look, tell Bob that there's hundreds of listeners and maybe a little change his mind. Maybe you know, it'll sway him. He doesn't tell me a little bit. The stats. <laughs> tell me a little bit about, you know, how you got started. Uh, not, not just, you know, in, in the, the pop punk genre, if you will, but music in general, I'm very curious. I always find it very interesting, uh, especially the people that I know that were into music. Most of my friends in, in the short time that I was in a band was none of them had parents that were like, oh, you need to play music. But then there's always a bunch of people that were always in bands growing up whose parents either forced them to play the piano or forced them to learn violin or something like that. And it just sort of took off. So the dichotomy between the two has always been very fascinating to me. So I'm very curious to see uh, your start uh, and your brother's start and kind of how that came to be. Oh, I didn't even know you were, uh, you, you played. What, uh, what instrument? Oh, I don't play anything. No, I was a horrible singer for a number of years and in a handful of shitty bands. It, it was actually just one band, but we just changed the name 8,000 times. Oh, hell yeah. Well, regardless, uh, it's still, as long as you were, as long as you're a part of it, then that's, uh, that's what it's all about. But, um, with, uh, you know, with myself personally, I know we were just shitting on him, but like, uh, it's really mostly Bobby. I have my parents for for sure. I think my family, my family in general, specifically on my mom's side has really strong taste music. That was, you know, seeing live music was a, mm-hmm. seeing live music was a big part in their life growing up. Um, you know, they're the ones who, give you the the old records um and tell you what what, what they were going through during uh when when it came out and that's cool to hear about that but mm. um you know it definitely helps a lot of uh influence in what i listen to for music for sure um and then but playing i think that was something that bobby had figured out like we there's a considerable we're like nine years apart uh in the age gap oh wow and, oh, yeah yeah and he um he was already very accomplished as a guitar player and at an early age but as I was starting to get old enough to really you know to you know get a gain interest in playing um let alone the fact that he was playing all the time and he got me you know more um wanting to keep up with and at least be able to jam with I I started playing bass right away Mm -hmm. um and then moved to guitar because I just yeah, he needed he a bass almost, player. Exactly it wasn't he needed a bass player. I don't know if at the time, you know, he, I was much younger, so it wasn't like oh, I'm playing with my little brother. You know, like he was. He wanted to play. Oh, with but guess what? He plays there. the bass. That's how it exactly. Goes. <laughs> well, that, that's that, that's where I saw it. I was like, ooh, maybe if I play the bass, then he'll he'll want me eventually. Mm-hmm. I, I get worked out. You know, go figure. It worked out. You know, by the time I'm 28 years old, but you know, here we are now. Um, finally got that wish, but it was, um, I think, yeah, definitely a lot of, uh, he got the, laid, laid the foundation for what I wanted to play. Um, you know, what I was, um, uh, ultimately like where I got my lessons, he was able to help me, help me out with and know what to learn. And now it's just been go as you please. I mean, I used to mainly use YouTube to learn things mm-hmm. like I, I obviously learned from him still a little bit and more on the recording side playing cleaner sure. um and then brian for more of the uh theory part and how to how to actually write i think that's 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 something that i'm challenging myself a little bit more with oh that's awesome all right cool that was good good answer donnie thank you 
now that we kind of got, talked about the, uh, the, you know, your upbringing and how you get into music and whatnot. So I'm very curious your thoughts on, um, you know, the current local Boston music scene, pre-COVID, post-COVID, where you see things. Because as I mentioned before, I am uh, so far out of the loop when it comes to, to local music now, like, and as opposed to when I was, you know, even your age. So I'm kind of curious as to see and hear from you uh, what you think the, you know, the current state of the game is. Um, yeah. So like, honestly, uh, I wasn't, when I moved to Boston, I would say like, which was, I would say 2017, I'd say, yeah. so I, I could, I, I explored that as much as I could. Um, you know, and, and I was living in Brighton at the time, which was, which had a considerable amount of places to go to, which was, I was so happy about, you know, you have like, uh, Brighton Music Hall, um, Great Scott, RIP, and Alston, mm-hmm. um, you know, Paradise Rock Club is there, not so much local, there's a little more established yeah. acts there, but um, O'Brien's uh, was an awesome, is an, is an awesome place, is an awesome uh, place. R- right on a, right on Harvard Ave. I really loved uh, going there, especially for metal shows. Um, but it's starting to, it's seeming like it's starting to um, come back a little bit in small doses. Uh, I mean, actually before it was, I would, I would think it was, I should start there. It was, you know, very much uh, all around me. Um, so I got a lot of, um, you know, I'd say a lot of good reps in uh, at uh, at some of these places, to, you know, just to kind of get a feel for what I liked out of the places. Um, I wish I got to go more in town or in different areas like, you know, Cambridge. Um, I know Somerville had a, had a good little scene uh, for a little bit, um, right when, and right when I was about to start going over there a little bit, um, COVID kind of hit and, you know, everything kind of shut down. No one was really even sure what to do. Mm-hmm. I know, uh, it, I, I, I don't see, I see more of the Boston local acts I'd say beforehand. So not so much touring acts yeah. as much right. as, as I recall right. beforehand. Um, but it was, it was great. You had like, you know, a lot of, um, definitely a lot of different options to go off of, um, which I, which I really enjoyed. Um, as of now, I know the quiet violent, um, hasn't made, I will, I will say we haven't made any plans to play anywhere just yet. Um, I haven't seen much around that, but I haven't been looking, I should say, I haven't seen mm-hmm. much around of what's, you know, uh, who's playing shows, what, what new bands are out there who are doing stuff. I, I, but I, I've seen some bands that I've seen locally, uh, mm. doing really well and starting to like get some you know, go on tour with local apps what well, local um i shouldn't say local but more established bands i think about this one band i saw um they're, they're they came out of berkeley and they're called the q-tip bandits i uh, really like them they're very jazzy uh but catchy alternative um they kind of have guys to be. A, if they went to yeah, berkeley right? that's a rule for sure, right? Um, I can tell they're definitely very technical. But what was mm-hmm. awesome about it, uh, about it was um, I saw them at this uh, this cool thing that was, um, you know, I think that just got going. It's called So Far, So Far Sounds, I believe, where they have these um, pop-up concerts, I guess you could call them. Mm-hmm. And people will, you know, organize these shows, whether it's in their homes or whether oh, wow. it's in like a, a vacant office building that they know about and they want to rent that out for a little bit. Um, and then artists can also sign up to play those, um, you know, so uh, mostly, and they're actually all acoustic 
from what mm-hmm. I know. I've only been to one, but that's where I saw the Q-tip bandits. Was that the So Far Sounds? They do it all over the world. They don't. They're So Far Boston, New York, German, places in Germany or cities in Germany, I should say. Um, I saw on the site when I was perusing initially. I had a friend who worked there, um, mm-hmm. but it was a really cool experience because it was like some MIT and Harvard um, husband and wife who had this loft up in like right next to the downtown crossing, downtown crossing T-stop. And it was this beautiful place, all open area. And I saw uh, my buddy play, my buddy Colin, um, scout music, if anyone's curious, I saw him play. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, I saw him play like one of the acts and then the Q-Tip Bandits was just, they were just starting to become a band uh, or to gain more members, but they were playing Mm -hmm. acoustic. And then now I'm seeing them open up for, another band who's more established called ripe who is uh, more of oh, a yeah. catchy kind mm-hmm. of funky sound they're awesome yep. they're from they're i think they're from berkeley too actually now that i think about yeah. it but yes, they, um, they uh it, it's been i saw them open for them the other day so they, that's it, it gives you kind of that like that hope that you know there's you know if you put the work in you get your name out there like you you will find uh you know that things are going to work out um, yeah so yeah it's been um it's, it's really cool to see that kind of coming. I want to, I definitely want to catch a local show. I'll tell you that right now. I have some tickets for some upcoming shows, uh, like house of blues and paradise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm definitely ready to get back to catching some, some new tunes just from bands I've never heard before. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Awesome. So far sounds, what an interesting concept. That's really cool. I might have to look into that. Oh yeah, definitely check it out. Um, I, I had a, a friend, um, tell me they were going to one fairly they said it in like conversation i didn't get to actually follow back on it but uh i want to know what's uh what's definitely going i want to do it again it'd be it's a wicked fun thing yeah for sure very cool um so obviously you kind of you know touched on it a little bit in terms of the quiet violin and what you guys have planned and you talked about the you know the new music you came in and i know that when you and i kind of connected you said you you didn't really want to dive too deep into it but obviously since uh, I've I've referred to the band as the the pseudo house band for the show. So you know, I, it's uh, it's one of the things. And I, I've i profusely thanked both you and Bobby uh, for you know allowing your music to be played on my stupid bullshit podcast. But um, now that I have you face to face, I mean, obviously, it's something I need to tell you again. Thank you so very much because, quite frankly, one, it's awesome, and, and two it was incredibly nice of you guys to do. So thank you so much. Um, oh, believe me, like, this is something I was like, I was so happy you were down for, you know, I, I that, what drew my attention initially was the fact that Dave LaPointe was doing a podcast and I need to see what that's about. <laughs> and then I realized I'm like, Hey, where is he getting this music from? Maybe we can help. Like that's so yeah. thank you for putting us on. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, whether it's, you know, 10 listeners or you know a million listeners Three. it doesn't make a difference to me well oh, good I'm, I'm glad to hear that yeah. and uh B- bobby it's actually hundreds of listeners so uh we have hundreds and hundreds of listeners and, and you've missed out so uh, shame on you bob shame that's exactly um, right bobby's gonna yeah. hear about it. i'm gonna make sure first thing let's <laughs> recap so then kind of give out. me give me a little um you know what you're into now um what you know what you were listening to today tell me something give me something that you were listening to today all right yeah so i think that i was thinking about this the other day but you know i was listening to it today um you know i like spotify does those 
like recaps, yearly recap. Like what mm-hmm. is going to be my, my number one artist or song? Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty confident I'm going to land on this new pop punk band or new, newer. They're, they're getting a lot of buzz right now. Hot Mulligan. They're great name. I love the name first. It off. is a great name. I, I mean, they're in their song. Their song names are quite out there too, but they're like very much the newer side of pop punk. So not like the 2004 stuff that you hear or 2000 stuff like you hear in like Blink-182, Newfound Glory, Starting Line, any of those three word band names, you name them, or more <laughs> of like the 2000, yeah, 2010 and on. Um, yeah. band, I, I relate them to like a little bit of uh, story so far or neck deep. Um, those types of bit, that type of era of pop punk, but I still, it's all wicked catchy to me. Um, mm. So they're, they're, um, they're definitely been, they're, they're probably going to win on my top artist. And I'd say their top song, I would say is a, like, I couldn't be more uh, stereotypical with like the number one song on their uh, uh, Spotify right now. Equip, equip sunglasses is what it's called. Okay. And what I was also pumped about it was um, one of their songs is actually called Featuring Mark Hoppus. And anything that has to do with Blink-182, I will, mm-hmm. uh, I will latch on to in a heartbeat. Is he well, actually playing on the song? Was no, it, he's not he playing just named the song. The song yeah, he just named the song. Oh, that is Mark fucking Hoppus. genius. Yeah. Oh, I love right? that. Yeah, that's why I latched, <laughs> I latched on to it. It was great. It's so um, great. But uh, but yeah, they've been uh, they've been really killing it. Um, so I'm uh, I like any like I want them to come out with more stuff too because I'm just I've already like gone throughout the whole catalog and I'm just ready for the next thing. They're come they they've had two dates in Boston. They have uh, a big night live, which is that new venue. Oh yeah, the oh, garden. garden. I, I, yeah. I haven't checked that out yet. Um, and it seems a little but, odd. It seems more like a club uh, than anything else to me. So I'm very curious how it's going to work for an actual band. I know they've had DJs, they've had rap artists. I don't think they've had any bands in there yet. So I thought I had these same exact thoughts. I seen like, I saw someone put up a Snapchat of like Diplo, like whatever the fuck Mm -hmm. that is. But like, it seemed very Well, yeah, yeah. It's not for me, but I know what it is, yeah. But like, that's something that Lupos was doing back in the day. Back in the day. uh, In Prague, they were doing the same kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. dual genre yeah stuff so like i uh i i think it can work out i just i need to kind of hear it for myself i like to go and you know i mean maybe like it, it's certain venues don't work for certain artists but artists but at least uh definitely want to check out the vibe and see what's going on yeah i mean it's um, new out there so, yeah it's a new venue so it, it can't be can't be bad there was a I, I wish i could remember what year this was and i wish i could remember the name of the venue one of the Lansdowne street venues that before the avalon or the their it was, access it, it might have avalon been or access i think it was avalon uh my friends and i had tickets to see megadeth at avalon i'm very excited so you go out get some beer some food and uh by the time we you know by the time we leave and actually get to the venue there's a fucking long ass line outside what the fuck is this uh sure enough uh megadeth went on really early the line was for the, the club after the Megadeth show. By the time we got into the to the actual show, we saw the encore and that was it. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh my God. that is heartbreaking. Oh, you fucking lousy ass Euro trash assholes waiting to get into the goddamn club. 
so we Shit, never man. made that mistake again. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's it's a good story to to tell nowadays. I was actually supposed to see Megadeth last night. I was gonna say, didn't they play last night? I saw they played last put night. Up a clip of Mustang ripping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The uh, I was supposed to go because I really wanted to see Trivium. Well, I've seen Megadeth fucking 15, 16 times, but I've only seen Trivium a handful of times, and they're like probably right now my favorite band trivium and chevelle those are the two bands that i'm like really into right now and so i was i knew that i was gonna miss trivium or at least some of the shows i'm like ah fuck it i'm not not even gonna bother you you know how like i'm starting to realize that how there i go to shows oftentimes for the openers Mm -hmm. you know and then i find myself leaving and sometimes that works out for the benefit like you beat traffic for some oh, shit yeah. like you know sometimes. there's no bullshit crowd that you're you have mm-hmm. to deal with so it works out but i do sometimes feel like you know when at my am there's always a great show because i'm mm. like but what i what happens is i feel like all right there was no encore for the opener yeah you know like right. I, not that long i could give a shit less about the encore but like sometimes something about it you know, like yeah. <laughs> I want them to play the song or like there's like, a, you know, there's more of a build or like, you know, you realize it's you're walking out and it's just dusk. I don't know. There's there's I, I guess I'm weighing out pros and cons, venting that away. But I it, it's uh, it, it's happening more often where I'm going for the opener, not the, the headliner. It's so funny because, I mean, I was having a conversation with my friends not too long ago and uh, opening acts came up. And the number of times we saw like really shitty opening acts over the years. I'm into metal. So it's just, you see a lot of crap. We saw, I would say probably over the course of three or four years, we saw Cold Chamber at least, at least a half dozen times, at least. Uh, and they are fucking terrible. I hate them. They just, you saw them like just, they were, they opened for the opener. They, they opened for Megadeth. They opened for Fear Factory. They opened for uh, some other some other bands. I can't remember, but uh, we also saw Corn a bunch of times before Corn got huge because they opened for Megadeth. Bra- bravo to them because like you know, they did it right. Apparently, oh how, no matter how shitty they were, they got that exposure. Oh, like, that's a good manager right there. Yeah, for sure. That's that's terrific. I mean, honestly, if that's what you can do. And people are actually going to sit and wait for you to finish playing to get to the headliner. More power to you. That's terrific. All right. So one other thing I wanted to talk about, and it's something that uh, I am a big fan of, is band names in general. So your band name is excellent. It's a great name. It's catchy as hell. And I think it's it's it tells a story before you even know like what it is that you're going to listen to. So kudos to you guys. And I don't know who came up with it, but kudos to whoever came up with that name. Go Brendan, our previous drummer. For Go you Brendan. Kudos Brendan. He was, like, hey, we're, he was like, we're taking the name Brendan. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so for me, I was just like, all right, I'm just going to uh, like, like once, once they said the name, I was like, I'm just going to design the picks, which that's something I, oh, actually your listeners can't see shit. So I'm not even going to bother. <laughs> Maybe, Still getting the hang of this. It's okay. Um, so you know, I have, I have a very long list of uh, terrible band names, 
And I also have a very long list of terrible band names from, from I mentioned earlier, the, uh, the, the bands uh, that I was in years ago. And I just wanted yes. to get your, I wanted to get your educated opinion on a handful. All right. Okay. So the first, the first fake band name, Cold Meat Jelly. Cold Meat Jelly. Cold All right. Meat Jelly. So what were we going for there? Was this, this was no idea. It's just, it's just a band name. So just, you can take this and like run like sludge metal, you know, love it. All right. I'm going to write that down. Cold meat jelly. That's a winner. Cold meat jelly. Um, <clears throat> the devil's boner garage. <laughs> it's, it's, wow. All right. The devil's boner garage. What? So this was, was this just like one that you, that you were under this? Um, yeah. Nope. Brander, this just came no. up out of this, for terrible yeah. band names. I, I, I've gone to the point now where I'm having, I'm having conversations with my friends and anytime like some, something weird comes up, I'll instantly stop and say, Ooh, that's a good band name. And then write it. <laughs> oh, I, how I, the I, devil's you know, bone so garage funny. came up. I don't know. I, you know what? I, I, I know a guy who was very much into it. And then I started getting hooked on it myself. You realize it and thought, does that even make sense? No, no. I feel like you just, they just took like some, some, like a dark pornography. And Pretty like, much. You yeah. know, they just kind of decide they want to make go the, go the band route, you know? Love it. <laughs> One of the band names that we came up with when we were playing was called Return to Zero, which sounds like a uh, cheesy 80s uh, action film. And the only reason we, we came up with Return to Zero is because on the on the Tascam uh, eight track recorder that we had, there was a button RTZ Return to Zero. Like, That's a fucking really good. It was band. right in front of your face. Right in front of the face the whole time. I think that lasted two weeks before we changed it, but that was a good, I always liked that one. Before you went, you returned to zero again? Well, before we came up with- just, Or just quit? Uh, no, not quite. Um, then there was, uh, let's see, what else did we have? We had Void. That was, I liked that one. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. That's a- I mean, for a cheesy metal punch band. right away, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. What about that? Yeah, it sounds kind of rebellious. There you go. Um, yeah, I mean, it does. You could, like, I could see a punk band being called Void. And I think, yeah. you know, being shitty two and a half minute punk songs by Void. I think that works perfectly. That's like, yeah, it's the perfect timing. Yeah. 213. There you go. 213. Uh, and then one that I uh, always found to be very strange, and I don't, I'm not even sure how we came up with it, but we invented a fake person's name, Jackson Fairbanks. And we, that was the name of the band for a bit, Jackson Fairbanks. Jackson Fairbanks. All right. I kind of like it. It's not terrible. And I'd have no idea where it came from. But, but like, and, and you know, it's kind of because you could, I think immediately, I think like Jackson Brown, like goes to my head right away. Mm -hmm. But like, that could throw someone off. I mean, it'd throw me off. There you sure. go. Like, like going yeah. to the show, oh, we're going to see Jackson Fairbanks and like thinking you're yeah. going to get like, you know something like soulful and then all of a yeah. sudden it just yeah. turns into like thrash and, metal and it's, oh I, it's, it's like, and that's exactly a, what it was yeah it's just like a thrash when you go, like when you're going to take a sip of coke and all of a sudden you realize it's orange juice 
You just totally <laughs> missed. Well, you think it's Diet Coke and it's uh, Captain and Coke the whole time. Ah, there you go. That was a How about a callback. Good there, reference. Right? Yeah, there you go. Well, there you just go. went down memory lane right there, real quick. Yep. Uh, and then the last fake band name, uh, Breadcrumb Pubes. <laughs> Bread, wow, in your face. Breadcrumb Pubes. Just or like the statement of the year right there. Like you mm-hmm. really, uh, can, you, can you visualize that one on the marquee? I, I think Breadcrumb Pubes would be more like a, um, uh, you know, almost like a, not quite Tenacious D-ish, but like, you know, like a... Uh, uh, the opener for Tenacious D? Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like a comedy rock band, the Breadcrumb Pubes. Yeah. I guess that, yeah, you know what? I guess that does work. Yeah, yeah. almost like kind of like a Flight of the Concords kind of deal. Kind of, like yeah, troop, except not nearly as good. Kind of deal. Yeah, 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 no, I think that, that that the name definitely draws the right crowd in. Exactly. Kind of do. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't think of... about it in that light. Yeah, I'm, I'm for it, actually. You just totally you spun me on Breadcrumb Pubes. <laughs> I don't know what kind of crowd mark that fast. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, listen, dude, uh, this has been fantastic. Uh, I really do uh, appreciate the time and the effort and the waiting for me to get my uh, shit together here. It's, it's appreciated. And, um, you know, the invitation is extended again uh, for, for Bobby to come out, to come on the show and, and give his side of the, of the story. Not that there's really a side, but, you know, I'd love to hear from him as well. And, um, you know, if there's any, any time you guys are ready to play out, let me know. I, one, I would like to go and two, I would like to plug the shit out of your show, but, uh, this is awesome. And I, I really, I can't thank you enough. Dude, I'm so happy to, I'm so happy to do this and thank you for having me on. Like I was looking forward to it the whole time and, and it, I'm glad to hear that the, uh, the offer still stands on the table. We'll have to, uh, We'll definitely get the word out and make it happen for sure. But uh, awesome. I will keep you posted on uh, on whatever we're doing and if it makes sense to to time it out that way. So we'll we'll, we'll still be in cahoots. Awesome, Donnie. Thank you so very much. Take care, Dave Lapointe. You're the man. Be easy now. You too, bud. I enjoyed that interview. I enjoyed talking to Donnie. Uh, I am very much looking forward to. Uh, to seeing the quiet violent live at some point. So um, what I will do as soon as I hear from the band that they are gigging out, I will share with the two other people that listen to this podcast um, to make sure that they attend. It'll be pop punk revelry. It'll be great. It'll be fun. But um, I find people that, as I mentioned, and when I was talking to him, I find people that are really into music. Like the the curious part to me is how they get into it. Um, you know, and in his case, it was from his brother. I always get a kick out of out of people whose parents like made them learn an instrument because there is there's so much value in it, so much value. And, um, you know, when I was a kid, I tried and failed miserably. The first thing that I tried was the saxophone. And um, it didn't go over well for a multitude of reasons. Uh, One being is I was terrible. 
I don't have the dexterity to play an instrument, which is why, you know, the only thing that I kind of can play or, or, you know, for two minutes is the drums. Uh, but anytime I move away from just keeping a beat, that's the end of that. I then tried the bass guitar and I, uh, I quit that too, because I quit pretty much everything. Which is why I'm still doing this after 90 episodes, because I don't want to quit it. I actually want to stick with it. Maybe when I get to 100 episodes is when I'll quit. But um, yeah, it's, you know, it's very cool. I mean, it, it scientifically speaking, it, it sort of activates the one side of your brain that typically doesn't get as much uh, activity as the other. I don't, you know, I don't know the right and the left and how that works, so... You know, I'm just going to say the other side. My guess is that that side of my brain is just black. It's black and dead, the creative side. I can't fucking focus on anything. It's terrible. And I actually made a note. I'm going to gonna talk to the doctor about this uh, lack of focus as I am just going way off the fucking topic here. See what I mean? It's fucking terrible. But... So, you know, yeah, The Quiet Violent, check them out. They're on uh, Instagram. Uh, they're on Spotify. Probably other places, too. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> oh, bully. Okay, as it is Friday, it is time for Three Gripes. Except today, you're getting four gripes. Boom. Whoa. Whoa. Boom. It was really just going to be <clears throat> three, but I've got one here that's kind of short and sweet, but I was like, eh, I'm going to include it because it's annoying. Gripe number one. This is uh, This was submitted to the show. And quite frankly, I'm really upset that I didn't think of this previously. Um, <clears throat> sent in anonymously. Anonymously. Quote, number one complaint. Having to poop right after a shower. And then in parentheses, I'd like my name to be removed from the record on this one. End quote. Well, anonymous uh, complainer. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I really hope that uh, he or she thought of this, uh, you know, immediately while taking a shit. Oh, so like they, <laughs> they get out of the shower, uh, drying off, the mood strikes, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck. And then you sit down, and you're like, oh, this would be a good one to send to Dave. That's the number one goal of any podcast host, to be thought of by a listener while that listener is taking a shit. Any host saying otherwise is a fucking liar. I'm sure there are a bunch of different places where a podcast host would feel honored to be thought of by a listener at any given point. And there's a very long list, at least I think. Maybe that should be the next question of the week. <laughs> uh, oh, you know what call it in 
657-473-6617-65 rip them where do you think the most impressive place for a listener uh to think of a of a podcast whether like a, a specific place um anything that you're doing any point of the day the hope here is that when you have a complaint that you'll forward it to me that's the genesis of the program is that i you know i want someone to i want this to happen often Be- again i said this a thousand fucking times there's no outlet for this like completely anonymous bullshit that you think of and then complain about it is so fucking it's such a great idea but again my entire lack of focus is keeping me from doing anything of fucking substance because in this particular instance look there is there are few things worse than having to shit right when you get out of the fucking shower it is awful it it will literally ruin your entire fucking day I've been known to, like, if, if that's happened, this has happened a couple times, where I'll get out of the shower, you know, dry off, I'll do my fucking hair, then all of a sudden, oh, I gotta take a shit. I'll get back in the shower. I'll take a second shower. I'm not above that, and really, nobody should. Because that's something that needs to happen. You have, How do you fucking go the rest of your day... Having taken a shower, then a shit. That's not how it works. You shit first, you shower, then you shave. Shit, shower, shave. That's how the order goes. If the order is all fucked up, you're screwed. You can't shave first and you can't shit you can't shit last. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You can't shave first and you can't shit last. That is a dynamite t-shirt. Man, love that. Somebody should steal that. That's good. Great number two, life coaches. Life coaches. These fuckers are all over social media. They are all over social media. Where does that accreditation come from? If you call yourself a life coach and you have a psychology degree, okay, fine. I need that psychology degree to come from an actual school. I say actual school in a completely derogatory manner. Meaning, if you're strictly an online school, it don't count. I'm sorry. As someone who came from a half and half online slash physical school, that kind of counts. But I mean, they, t- they all talk on social media and these weird generalities as if every fucking person is exactly the same, you know, with a, a bunch of fucking dumb quotes, bunch of, you know, happy go lucky gobbledygook bullshit. And I don't mean to shit on psychology as a profession. No fucking way. In fact, it's quite the opposite. I find psychology to be very interesting. In fact, I just put up a, a blog post recently about sort of psychology in, in some way, shape, or form. Complaints and observations.com. Check it out. But the term life coach, like if I were to hire a life coach, 
and you tell me that it's a six-week program, that doesn't work. Because now you're you're a six-week coach. You're not a life coach. Like, get the fuck out of here. I understand it's just a title, but stop. Come up with something better. Just call yourself a fucking psychologist. Why is that such a... Why is that such a... Does it carry a negative connotation somehow? And where did it come from? It's it's stupid. I don't like it. And life coach is worse. I don't know why that jumped out at me, but it jumped out at me, so... Fuck it. Grape number three, the Met Gala. Am I supposed to really know what this is or be impressed by it at all? Like, it's a bunch of fucking rich people playing dress-up to raise a shit ton of money for the Metropolitan Museum of Art, which is another fucking foo-foo pipe. I don't even want to call it that. I shouldn't say that. I've said my piece about art and how it's entirely subjective. And uh, nine times out of ten, uh, dumb. But then again, I'm a dumb person. So, you know, I can't see, you know, the snow shovel hanging from the ceiling as having some sort of artistic value. So that makes me stupid and don't, you know, I I don't get it. But ultimately, it's not an event for most people on the planet, literally. So I'm not sure why all social media needs to comment on every ridiculous fucking outfit. Kim Kardashian shows up looking like a literal, like, ring wraith, for fuck's sake. She looked like somebody's shadow. What the fuck was that? Like, what is that? I don't, I don't, I don't understand the, the significance of this. It's, it, I mean, am I such a fucking small-brained person that I can't figure out where the value is here? I mean, just just call it early Halloween, hand out candy, collect your money, and move on. And of course, whoops, sorry, of course, uh, you know, some have to use this alleged platform as a uh, to make a supposed point. So I'll say right from the top, I do not dislike AOC. I do not dislike her. I'm certainly not as far left as she is, but I'm generally on her side of the aisle we might be on different sides of of the you know the dais or the the area whatever but we are we're on the same side of the aisle same side her dress that she was wearing the white dress and it just said uh tax the rich in, in red ink on a white dress it was fucking absurd okay um the dress apparently was $45,000, but apparently was donated, as was her $30,000 ticket. My issue here is that, you know, you're, you're championing, champion, championing, that's a fucking terrible word. Oh, gross. Championing, championing a variety of different causes for, for the poor, uh, for the, uh, the, the underserved which is, you know, 90, 90%, maybe not 90, but I would say, you know, 65 to 75% of the work that she does is valiant, I would say. At least, well, maybe not so much the work that she does, but the ideas that she has 
and what she tries to do. Like the new, the, the green new deal. I like it in, 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 in theory, it's such a fucking gigantic piece of, of potential legislation that it's very difficult to work and to get through. But I mean, this is, it, you know how much more impact it would have had if she fucking went to Filene's basement, bought a dress off the rack for 80 bucks and then spray painted that fucking same thing on it? Or she uh, showed up in a homemade bonfire.com t-shirt with the same slogan. It would hold way fucking, it was so much more uh, fucking weight. So much more. Instead, she shows up in, a, in an overpriced dress that's donated uh, to a $30,000 a ticket event. I just, I don't know. It, maybe I'm not getting it. Again, as I said from the jump, you know, I'm, I'm just not getting it. So it could just be me. I don't know. But honestly, fuck, get the fuck out of here. Like, the, why can't you just, like, if, ah, ah, just fucking, if you are, are so hell-bent on having a fucking $30,000 a ticket event, just take the thirty grand, close the door, have dinner, uh, do an auction or whatever it is that they fucking do. It seems as if the whole thing is literally just a giant red carpet and they alert the media and everybody comes down dressed like a fucking clown with with horrific outfits. I'd be far more impressive if somebody came dressed like a fucking, uh, you know, normal person. I don't know. Uh, gripe number four, young people. Um, as I just got done fucking shitting on the Met Gala, young people, <laughs> please allow me a minute to once again portray old man yells at cloud that everyone I know seems to think that I am and, and, and chastise the young. The playwright George Bernard Shaw allegedly said, quote, Youth is the most beautiful thing in the world, and what a pity that it has to be wasted on the young, end quote. Regardless of who said it, it's honestly one of the most apt quotes you'll ever hear. With age comes wisdom. The young are lacking in wisdom. This past weekend, my wife and I took my mother uh, to the Brimfield Antique Market <clears throat> out in Brimfield, Massachusetts. And it is, I enjoy it, but, you know, it is such a, <clears throat> you know what it is? <laughs> <laughs> the Brimfield Antique Market is the Met Gala for the pores. I don't know, maybe, but the... The fucking costumes at this place are fucking ridiculous. The people are fucking... So many of the people are ridiculous. It's such a look-at-me type of thing. It, it it blows my mind. And so, you know, I've been going for a while now. I would say, Christ, it's been... been going for a solid 10 years, maybe a little more. And it's gotten progressively worse every year with just the level of douchebaggery. 
But the reason, the general point of this particular gripe is that I was getting a coffee. And of course, you know, it has to be, uh, you know, bougie coffee. I'm a coffee snob, so I appreciate it. The sign said, wicked good coffee. So I walked over and said, hey, is the coffee actually wicked good? And, And the woman said, well, yeah, of course, we wouldn't call it wicked good coffee if it wasn't. Well, okay. The coffee was okay, but the point is, as I'm standing there, two young people are behind me. These these people were probably in their early 20s, if I had to guess. And one of them says to the other, quote, growing up in suburban USA is so draining, end quote. Immediately, I parked up and I was very close to just kind of turning around and saying, what? But no, I... I Kept my wits about me, waited for my uh, mediocre cold brew to be complete. And it got me thinking as I was walking back to meet my wife and my mother. What exactly is so draining about growing up in suburban USA? Especially as a white person, uh, you have uh, immense opportunity just because of the way that you were born. In comparing a, a bad suburban upbringing to uh, 95% of the upbringing of pretty much everyone else on the planet, uh, you know, you're doing quite well. But it just kind of gives you an idea that the American youth specifically take for granted just how well they're doing in the grand scheme of things. And look, I understand that growing up is tough. It's hard. And it's, and I think, and I say that it's mainly because you're spending so much time trying to figure out who you are. That's the hard part. That's what's draining. It's not the actual growing up in suburban USA. It's trying to figure out who the fuck you are. Here's the problem, though. You'll never fucking know because change is constant. You'll never figure it out. And that's a part of life is spending the time trying to figure it out, but you'll never get to that point. And it's not a bad thing at all. It's really not. Personally, once once you figure out that you can't control literally anything except for yourself, it makes life a little bit easier. Not much, but just a little bit. It takes some people much longer than others to figure shit out. And in most cases, you won't figure shit out. You'll go through life figuring something out. You'll be like, okay, I'm good. And then something else will come along and fuck the whole thing up. I just find it so strange that that kids just, I don't, it's almost as if they're looking for excuses for why they haven't figured shit out. It's not because life inherently is difficult. It's because of, you know, suburban USA. Like this fucking dumb hippie was saying at the Brimfield antique market slash fucking earthy, crunchy Met Gala-ish thing. I don't know. It just, it really struck me the wrong way when, when this kid said this. And it, 
it kind of, it jumped out at me and it was something that I needed to write down because I felt this is a this is a quality gripe right here. And I think it was. I think I mostly got my point across in a babbling random thought kind of a way. Yeah? No? Well, <clears throat> please tell me 617-657-4736. Leave a voicemail, let me know. I would love for someone to use this fucking thing. I love voicemails. They're fun. Enjoy them. <clears throat> but that's it for the show. Listen, thank you so much. I thought I thought this show was okay. It was okay. Big, big, huge, massive thanks to Donnie. Much appreciated. It was a great conversation. Even though I had a handful of Zoom hiccups, I managed to hopefully edit that thing together properly. If I didn't, well... Say la vie, right? Whatever that means. Um, join me again next week when I probably won't have a guest. And next week's show won't be nearly as good. But what can you do? Last week's show, nobody fucking listened to it. So who cares? Um, I do have an Instagram page at Bond. I have a Twitter page at Bond. I have a Facebook page, but I don't fucking care because fuck Facebook. I have a YouTube page that I don't use. I have a website, complaintsandobservations.com. There is a blog on that page, and I have been writing blogs, so check it out. I like to write them. I like to write. Hopefully, it's not horribly boring, but it might be. What can you do? Got to find that audience, right? Mm, yeah, Dave. Mm. Um, yeah, 617-65, rip them. 617-657-4736. Call in, leave a voicemail. That is all. Tell your friends, tell your moms. Take care of each other. Wait, no, what? Fuck, that's like two weeks in a row. I fucked up the ending. Fuck. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta.